0: is the flex network (laughs) this is the flex network flex on them flex on everybody oh
1: yes everybody this is the flex network joining you live tonight with one of the pioneers of the fantasy football industry he is john the guru hansen Follow him at fantasy underscore guru. I am Flex Matt. This is Flex Shane from the Flex Network. Guru, how are you doing
0: tonight? What's up, Flex Matt, Flex Shane. Uh, I'm flexing right now here, so I'm ready for the show. I'm ready, ready to rock and roll. I
1: didn't want to give Greg Ambrosius too much love here on the cast, but he (laughs) said that the stock photo on Fantasy Point's website is you from 20 years ago. Is that true or is this a theory?
0: Yeah, he's just a hater. (laughs) <laughs> really, it's just a hair. Yeah, no, no that that photo. As I, I tweeted back, I said, brah, 2018, fella." So, it's, <laughs> oh, it's less than two years old. All right, but you shaved on. your
2: COVID beard. You did I shave saved, the COVID uh, beard. I
0: couldn't. I couldn't take it anymore. I couldn't take it anymore. So, a little out of character for me. But I mean, Matt, you've got. That is, that is, that's impressive.
1: <laughs> hey, thank you, sir. Uh, you know, I've been uh, doing my thing over here for quite a while. You know, the ladies love it. You know, the shirt, the glasses, it's a thing. Yeah. So yeah. now do you, you
0: get offended? Uh, you said you listened to the radio show. Do you get offended when yep. I make fun of dudes with beards? Cause my contention is the beard is the millennials mullet.
1: Hey, I'll take it All where right. I can get it. Guru. Any airtime right. is, is okay.
0: positive airtime. All right. No, I mean, I, I do it with friends. love. I do it with love. Thank you. Matt's I the local you.
2: hipster. He's our, he's our flex hipster. Gotcha. Gotcha. I gotcha. yeah. love the
0: fantasy hipster.
2: Dude's drafted <laughs> yeah.
0: 17 straight wide receivers to open drafts. love those guys. Get oh out of here. God. We
1: we I want to talk to you about that here. We'll get there. We will get there. Okay? We're going to get there. We
2: don't want to get ahead of ourselves. Jeez. Uh, Guru, tell us about fantasy points. Now, am I allowed to say WWW? <laughs> or just fantasypoints.com I mean if you want to sound like a
0: professional broadcaster yeah. you know because <laughs> I do have a degree in radio television film a bachelor's degree I believe the only thing I got out of the four years was you must enunciate W uh, other than that you pretty that's much right like, well
2: you've got a bit of an all-star cast there I mean you've got yourself you've got Joe Dolan Graham Barfield Tom Broly, who you have on the show quite often. Scott Barrett, of course, Greg Cosell, who had the, um, the, the profile that he puts out every year on all the rookies, Adam Kaplan, of course. And of course your boy, Paul, Paul, Kelly, who's, is he like the co-host or is he, cause he sometimes hosts when he's on, he does all the reason, that sort of thing. Yeah, but how did yeah. this, how did this come to be fantasypoints.com?
0: Yeah. Well, I, as you know, I, I founded another website, uh, fantasy guru in 1995, mm-hmm. um, you know, after 20 plus years of just grinding, um, it, it was, uh, you know, it started to get to me a little bit. It started kind of, you know, it's a bit much year after year mm-hmm. after year. So this, this group came to me and and was interested in buying the company. And I'm like, I'm not really looking to sell it. Um, then through some negotiations, we, we came to a, a number where I was like, mm-hmm. okay. And, uh, my plan then that was t- 2015, um, I'm like, ah, hey, you know, it's probably wise to get a little exit strategy here. And I was going to kind of focus on just doing the radio show and and television and media and stuff. But, you know, there's a number of things. What I found was that, you know, I didn't have to study for the radio show mm-hmm. and TV and all that because I'm preparing for it, you know, running the website in addition, I had guys like Dolan and Brawley, uh, in particular, who, you know, worked for me over at the other site. Graham Barfield did as well. He left NFL, He left us to go to NFL.com. And then um, last but not least, you know, it was just kind of, I felt like it was a little bit of a waste to have, um, you know, I guess this reach in the industry and having 25 years of pretty much learning every lesson that there is to be learned. Um, the guys wanted to work with me again. They, they wanted kind of like their new thing. So I decided, um, screw it. Let's do it again. And, um, let's strive for perfection. Um, I think we're doing a good job, uh, for the new website. Certainly not. I'm, I'm never satisfied. I'm already Mm -hmm. a little upset that we didn't get a couple of things done that we planned on doing, but, um, it's all good. Everything's going really well. So I'm really excited and energized I've been comparing myself, again, not that I think I'm anything close mm-hmm. to the GOAT at anything, but it's kind of like Tom Brady. You know, you're, you're there in one place for 20 years. It's easy to get a little complacent. Now, he's great, yeah. and yeah. he always put his best foot forward, but it is something about getting a new challenge and getting re-energized, and that's what uh, Fantasy Points is all about. And also, those guys are a lot younger than me. So, you know, my, my vision is 20 years from now, I'm sure as hell not going to be doing this for a job. But I'll probably that go to fantasy- Yeah, right. I'll probably go into <laughs> fantasypoints.com to get all my stuff
2: that's well I want to
0: I want to butt in real quick Shane
1: I went to fantasy points just today as I do it's a daily thing for me but when you look into your subscription on fantasy points um, what's really nice about it is you've got a free subscription uh, a standard subscription and a premium subscription but geez just click on even the free subscription for fantasy points and you can scroll down the list I mean what you guys offer to the industry for absolutely zero dollars when you think about this industry there's a lot of there's a lot of info it, it seems to yeah, be getting yeah. definitely diluted uh to a point everybody yeah, likes the, the the guy on fire this week but man yeah. you guys are in the industry and the and the info that you guys give off for just not a dime at all really shows your commitment to fantasy football and to the sport we all love which is football in general
0: yeah so we're just trying to start a brand new brand and uh create a brand name recognition i mean i feel like fantasy points is already like Kind of like top 10 already in the industry, just Easy. from our reach. I mean, that's pretty amazing considering the site's only four months old. So that was part of it. And then the COVID-19 crap, um, mm-hmm. we, we decided, you know, let's just roll it out. But that's always been actually my dream and fantasy. I was never able to do it. But even like 15 years ago, I would maybe, you know, meet a guy at a bar somewhere. I'm on vacation and he like, oh, what do you do? And I tell him. I'm like, oh wow, and I'm like, oh, you know what? I'll hook you up with a subscription. Um, mm-hmm. they would always subscribe after that. You know, I had a guy I met in Key West in like 1999. Dude, to subscribe for like 24 years just because you know <laughs> I gave him a subscription once. You know, you blessed him. Yeah, but the you point was, like, I think even today people are like, ah, I'm not paying for that crap, you know. But then once they see it, they're like, wow, this is pretty damn good here. Um, and I think people re- need to realize that. Yeah, I've been charging forever, you know. But mm-hmm. there's a lot of information out there for free. A lot of it is crap. I mean, it really <laughs> falls under the "you get what you pay for" nope. kind of. It's umbrella. kind of
2: funny. It's funny you mentioned that because just this morning on the show, Adam Kaplan was on, and you were talking about how a lot of the news that comes out nowadays it's it's almost misleading because there's so many young journalists that are out there that they're, they're just trying to get the information out fast because if you're the first to report it, people right. are going to know your name and that sort of thing. But it's not always authentic. For people like myself and Matt, and for everybody who's listening, I mean, how do we dissect and work yeah. like how do we know what to believe, what not to believe? Like, everybody's yeah. amazing. Paris Campbell, he's amazing. Jonathan he's amazing. Taylor, he's amazing. Everybody's right. amazing right now, you know? Right, right.
0: Well, I, I think that's a. Every situation is different. You you certainly want to look at the track record. Um, there are a number of guys who who've been doing it a really, really long time. I'll try to give you a quick list here. <clears throat> Matt Mayako, who covers the 49ers, dude's been at it for, you know, 20 years. Mm-hmm. He, he absolutely positively knows what's up. Um, you know, Adam Teicher in Kansas City has been doing it for a long, long ass time. Um, you go to Green Bay, um, Rob Domofsky. Mm-hmm. Dude's been covering just the Packers for his full-time job for 20 years. I, I know I've known him for 20 years. So I guess you you, you look at the avatar – and if the dude looks like a millennial, no offense, guys. <laughs> God, well, saying, my, oh, face man, guy. my face yeah, is not on the
1: avatar. My face is not on the avatar. That's a right. good thing. See, that's right, marketing right, 101. Right. Right there, no, but me. not yeah. to say,
0: not to say that uh, young people can't be excellent at their at, at beat reporting. They absolutely positively can. But you know, when in doubt, if the dude's been at it for a long time, odds are he's been around the block. He's got a really good firm base of knowledge yeah. and a good BS filter to and, and that's the other thing. You got to get to know the coaches. So don't rely yes. on the beat writers all that much, but know that some beat writers will praise. I mean, Pete Carroll. I wanted to ask him about Christian Michael at the combine. I think he's still talking about Christian yeah. Michael. Okay, <laughs> so you got to be careful.
2: <laughs> well, Pete Matt's, all, Matt's around Seattle, so he knows all about that.
1: Yeah, yeah, I'm trying to see but you would you would advise a young up and comer to be aggressive in trying to maybe get get to that point. I mean, you know, there's guys that we would have to reach out uh for me, locally it's actually Bob I Don't know if uh I know Bob. Heard... Yeah, yeah. I've talked yeah. to Bob. Yeah. So he's actually one that's in my local area that I'm, you know, I'm trying my best to reach out to to study under him and maybe get right. him on the Flex Network. So that'd yeah, be yeah. nice too. There but. you go.
0: You know who the goat is? Uh, in in uh, Seattle football, I think what he's name? still around. Claire Farnsworth.
1: Claire Farnsworth. Okay. See, you know that name?
0: name? I have. Yeah. I think he still works for the website. But that that's a that's a name blast from the past. Um, it's funny you mentioned all this stuff too, because I know you wanted to talk a little bit about, about the history and stuff. I feel mm-hmm. like one of the one of the first. I think I was one of the first to truly um, embrace the beat writers and form relationships with them. I had a magazine that started eighteen years ago, and had an article thirty two beat writers answer thirty two questions. So a lot wow. of those dudes, not all, but maybe half, are still at it. So I saw that opportunity almost 20 years ago. Ironically enough, the, the my favorite guy of all time uh covered the Denver Broncos was Adam Schefter. Oh, so oh, look, wow. Look look where oh, yeah. he's gone. Yeah. And he he used to, he yeah. man, he gave me some unbelievable. I mean, he was great 20 years ago. You know, he's a friend of mine and all that. But there was one story where Clayton Portis's rookie year, and I was a huge Portis guy. He he blew up and he, they had a late game and no one knew if he was playing. And at that time, a lot of leagues, you had to have had the full damn lineup in by one o'clock Eastern. Yeah. I sent, I sent Schefter an email at like three in the morning. I'm like, bro, (laughs) what do we got here? Is he playing? He's like, he's playing. I'm like, are you sure? He's like, he's playing. No one else had it. I sent out an email to our subscribers. Our guy in Denver says he's playing. Start his ass. I got 50 emails back. Are you sure, dude? <laughs> 200. He ran for two 178 yards and two oh touchdowns. Wow, are you gonna wow. have Mike
2: Rice with the Patriots on the show? Mike Any has been show? on recently, yeah. I know he's been on, yeah,
0: yeah, 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 yeah. Well, we got to catch up with my Demir Bird love because he's, he's oh my flying. God. he's flying, soaring already. Demir
2: Bird, Demir Bird, <laughs> and oh, um, I'm here. See, so yeah, clearly, I'm a Patriots fan, unfortunately. Ah, yeah. okay, um, let's move but, on to. Yeah, no kidding. But uh, I, we need to talk about some Nikhil Harry a little bit later. But Matt, why don't we get into some of these industry questions?
1: All right. So yeah. you know, my my big thing is I've I've been seeing the industry grow a lot, and and I started uh, listening to Sirius XM Fantasy Football when I first bought my car, when it was like you know just extremely popular that Sirius was in every single car. And at the very beginning, you know, we we'd heard a lot of these voices, but definitely over the past couple years, females in the industry have not only grown, yeah. but they've grown exponentially. You know, yeah. uh, you 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 have Lisa Ann on your show a lot. I'm a big Lisa Ann fan. I love when she's on. I love listening to her. Um, and it seems like you've really helped adopt it, uh, that. You know, in in bringing females up in the industry. So, yeah. how wonderful is it to to hear their voice now? Where back maybe when you started this, it, there wasn't a lot of them around.
0: Oh yeah, it's fantastic. I mean, who wants to sit there and talk to a bunch of dudes like all day long, like n- only dudes? I mean, let's diversify this this field of uh experts yeah it is it is absolutely great and and i could tell you in 1995 i mean there was nothing out nothing. there like nothing about uh fantasy sports women were like what you know so it's come a long way and i think it can continue to uh progress i think what i found over the years with the ladies is they love beating the dude's asses. I mean, (laughs) they love it. It's like beating them at their own game. So that's number one. And I think we can continue to cultivate this. It's really just giving them the confidence to say, yeah, I know what the hell I'm talking about. I mean, you you Mm -hmm. heard Lisa Ann. you listen to her. It's clear. She does her homework. She's always ready, you know, so give them the confidence and for them, you know, continue to educate yourself. No different than you guys too. I mean, my advice Mm -hmm. in general would be, to completely immerse yourself in the NFL game. You know, I'm talking 12 months yeah. a year, learn the game, read books, you know, Mike Lombardi, his book, things like that, you know, and just never stop studying, never stop learning, never stop trying to get better. You know, and I think that have you,
2: that's the have best you advice. Read the Pat Crowin book. The Pat Kralim no, Kralim book?
0: I have not, but I know Pat pretty well. Um, yeah. I've listened to him for for years and years. Yeah, t- keep your take your eye off the ball, right? Yeah.
1: yeah, yeah, I believe that's yeah. what it's called. Which that's is a brilliant I, title. Yeah,
0: which is a brilliant title,
1: by the way. And then yeah. oh, so yeah. <laughs> now with the news that basically every college football conference is is dropping out, and and that's going to make the game really tough. You know, it, it's going to be interesting to see how that changes scouting, but. I'm. I would love to see more broadband NFL coverage. You know, it seems like most of the sports. And again, Greg Ambrosius, hate to call him out, but you know, the other day uh, he he put a tweet out here that why aren't we seeing baseball 18 hours of the day? It seems like because what else are we running on on our cable or anything? I would love to see Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, Monday NFL. Do you think that that would be possible? Do you think that uh, a that, uh, that a station like or you know uh, the entity that is the NFL really tries to go after that this year
0: yeah I think um, Friday is probably not going to happen because that's just kind of like people tend to go out on Friday airwaves. It's big night but um, I would love to see removing ourselves from the COVID-19 situation a little bit but the Thursday night game we, we do love it man but it's tough so I wouldn't mind mm-hmm. seeing them shift that over to Saturday or if we must have the Thursday game I don't see any reason why we couldn't get a Saturday game, at least one game this year. Obviously, if you're not going to watch college football, I mean, last year I flew out to Los Angeles every weekend. And first thing I did was go to the hotel and watch Joe Burrow. I mean, it was great, you know, yeah, like, right. I'm not a huge college football fan uh, because it's kind of been my only day off over the last 25 years, but I, I'm actually starting to get into it. So I would think this year, you know, now the sec and all that, that, ACC that's not official yet right not official yeah 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 yeah. well the SEC might just say hey we're we're like the NFL and we'll uh splatter our games throughout the day on Saturday which wouldn't be a tragedy but if there's an opening I I could absolutely see the NFL adding one or two games on a Saturday which would also help logistically with you know less uh chaos and social distancing and probably easier to manage if you have spread out the games a little bit
1: let's uh, stay on this topic for a little bit, but what about the idea that they might be moving uh, the games to the spring? You know, if, if they by chance do that, a lot of people have talked about, man, you're going to run these kids into the ground. They're going to be playing in the spring. Then they're going to get ready for NFL in the summer. And then they got, you know, right into season. And, and what is that going to do to the NFL draft really? You know, if they're playing. So what do you think about that?
0: Well, I think anyone, Justin Fields, you know, Trevor Lawrence, I mean, eligible to be drafted in twenty twenty one. I mean, you'd be obviously you'd be crazy to play spring mm-hmm. football. So I don't know. I guess that if we have spring action, maybe it'll be like a lower level thing, you know, like a spring league kind of a thing, like a developmental thing. Um, not not real sure on that. That's not totally in my wheelhouse. Do you want to see it? I mean, I guess it's better than no football. Uh, I guess the XFL is not going to be around. You know, of course, the degenerates out there probably be doing DFS. I mean, I look, at the end of the day, can I do DFS in March? Hell yeah. I'll hell yeah. Hell Before. yeah, you
1: can. Yeah. Yes, you
0: well, can. I mean, Go ahead,
2: To be honest, if, if there's a delay in the football season for whatever reason, I mean, maybe they will still be NFL football in March. We, we just don't know it at this point. That's true. That's true. Yeah, I feel pretty good know.
0: right now, though. I do. I think they're doing a hell of a job. And I've been saying this for a while. Like The league is uh, no joke. I mean, they're mm-hmm. better than the damn government, for God's sakes, in terms <laughs> of dealing oh, with yeah. uh, pre- precautions and, and setting themselves up to, hell, uh, succeed as opposed to fail.
2: Yeah. Well, I mean, if any, if any organization is going to be able to do it, it's going to be the freaking NFL. I mean, it's, yeah. it's just such a large business and y- you know, you see the success now of some of the other sports, the NBA, MLBs obviously had some issues, but that could be from guys going out to nightclubs. We don't know for sure. Right. Um, but then even the NHL, like it seems to be going quite well. So, you know, we cross yeah. our fingers and the NFL is also a little bit fortunate in that they're starting a little bit later so they can learn some oh. of the best practices. Oh. God, That's always
0: no doubt. No doubt. Yeah. All I know is that, um, I am, uh, locked in to do uh direct TV fantasy zone. Nice. Um, you know, the red zone, which is obviously v- very heavy ties with the NFL. Mm-hmm. I will be flying to Los Angeles, uh, three weeks from, uh, Saturday to do week one television. So till I hear otherwise, I'm, I'm going to LA to do the show. Well,
1: yeah, good. Kidding. You're our, you're our steady steed on the way into this That's year's right. season, John to um, hundred percent. Let's go ahead, Shane.
2: Yeah, no, I was going to say, so, I mean, one of the big things that you've you've said on your show that one of the ways you've differentiated yourself and you've even mentioned it before is you've kind of lived and breathed football for the last 30 odd years, but you talked about how you watch every snap of every game. And it's just like, it seems like it's obviously passion, but how has your scouting process evolved over the years? I mean, how do you, <laughs> Other than just watching it, I mean, how do you say like have you have you adapted um, or excuse me like taken on like advanced analytics, and yeah. like how does how does the process start? You know, it's February, it's March. You're starting your draft board for the next football season. What is your process like? Yeah. Well, let me give you a
0: quick story, which I always find absolutely hysterical. And it really is indicative of how far things have come. You know, I started a little hard copy newsletter that this is before the internet, really. I mean, the internet was around, but people didn't even know how to download a damn file. So if you send a long email, they're like, they're lost. So (laughs) for, for a couple of years, I actually, you know, my buddy owned a print shop. I was working and publishing as my full time gig, so I was able to like lay it out and and send it to my boy. Uh, he would print them up on a Monday, so I would, I would write them on Sunday night. I'd go to a sports bar, watch all the games. This is before Directv Sunday Ticket. Uh, drink beer, and um, of course you know, cause I'm at a bar, a healthy, you know. a healthy step one. <laughs> I mean, I had yeah. to nurse it. I had to absolutely had to nurse it. I, I specifically <laughs> can picture myself nursing a beer at the bar in 1995 cause I'm not going to get you know, drunk. But, um, you know, so I'd mail it out on s- Monday night. I would write it Sunday night, lay it out, blah, blah, blah. Print it Monday, mail it out Monday night. But there was a sometime, I mean, it was only four pages. So I couldn't like give heavy analysis on every player, but I found an old one recently, like a couple years ago. And I'm like, Oh, wow. Here's my analysis for uh, Jamal Anderson, running back for the Atlanta Falcons. Ready? <laughs> He'll be fine. That's it. <laughs> yes, yes. <laughs> and of course, I had to go check out the game logs, ran for like 115 yards, scored, caught three balls mm-hmm. for 33. Yeah, he was fine. So that just gives you an example of how sophisticated it's it's gotten. I used to be just a guy who is a good, you know, big sports fan who just was pretty good at, at fantasy and, and making uh, predictions. But obviously things have had to be- become much, much more sophisticated. So in terms of like, you know, how I approach it and and all that, like what what I look for and, you know, what do I use for, to my betterment, if you will. I mean, we could start at the the beginning of the year, you know, obviously the Super Bowl that I, um, you know, take stock of all the lessons that I've learned Mm -hmm. It's usually the first thing I'll do. Um, I'll look at like, okay, who let us down this year? Who failed to, you know, produce at their ADP. And, and is it a buying opportunity next year? Uh, That's one Mm -hmm. of my, my favorite things. Obviously we cover free agency gear up pre draft post draft, keep up with all the stuff and uh, the mini camps and all that. But, you know, just in general um, how my process has changed. I think number one, unlike 25 years ago I had, and this is kind of to the point where I think you guys try to make it immerse yourself in football and form mm-hmm. a massive knowledge base. Mine has been formed from for 25 plus years. This is beyond fandom. Um, it, 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 it's, Hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of lessons learned, things like that. It just gives you that base of knowledge, you know, where you're a true expert. I think someone said you're you're not an expert until you do something for ten thousand hours or something. I think right. I hit that. Yeah.
1: Um,
0: you know. Then you know. I always trust my own eyeball test, but I mm-hmm. I enlist others who specialize in tape study, of course, like Greg Cosell. Greg Cosell. Um, yeah. You know. But I do trust my we own eyes.
2: Scott Barrett. For what is he? He's the director of a data analytics.
0: Uh, I believe it's Dank Stats. Actually, <laughs> dank, dank Stats.
2: stats.
1: Yes.
0: Yeah. <laughs> See, when you when you own a company, you can make up whatever the hell title you want. You know what I'm yeah, saying? That's right. Um, yes. But yeah, and then and of course, I was going to get to that. You know, understand how to consume the news, what matters, and what is noise, and that's trial and error and experience and all that. And then also, uh, you know, cultivating connections, insiders, and beat writers, and all that. But over the last 10 years or so, and this is to a big part of the fantasy points uh, project is, you know, I understand the data. I I think it's important. I'm just not a huge data guy. I'm more of a qualitative guy. So obviously Mm -hmm. good leaders and smart people bring in when they're not strong in one area, they bring in other people who are. And that's what Graham Barfield and and Scott Barrett do. They've got the numbers. So I always know what the numbers are. And the data points are—it's um, always there, um, and and I do have the ability, a pretty good ability. I think my biggest strength is when I sit down to do a projection, I'm able to process 15 different elements at play, mm-hmm. and that's the human touch that is, I believe, allowed us to be really accurate on those um, those preseason accuracy contests and rankings and all that.
1: Well, well and then so have sorry, have Shane. About- Sorry, go ahead. What I what I wanted to talk about was, you know, there is guys that that ruin analysts uh, when you're looking at peer data, you know, and one, as you talked about today, uh, was the quarterback for the Buffalo Bills. You know, everybody wants to say that this guy's in, inaccurate, you know, he shouldn't be p- picked in fantasy, but as you and really everybody is kind of getting on board, he is the cheapest of the running quarterbacks. Yeah. You know, and and even though he might not be able to hit the broad side of a barn sometimes, um he definitely can make up for it in his grit, the eyeball test, he's a great leader, people want to play for him, and all yeah. of those intangibles you can't put down as a stat on a piece of paper.
0: You just no, you, you just can't. can't. You can't. you can't. And, and I'm really and, good at I'm really good at like reading people too. That's that's a huge strength of mine. I mean, my wife will give you stories after I'm like, "Oh, that guy's an asshole," you know, like <laughs> nailed it. You know what I'm saying? You know, like like that. Yeah. I, I will never forget uh, sitting down with Josh Allen for 15 minutes at the combine. Like, he was just just ready and willing to do whatever it took to prove that he could play in that league. He still has accuracy problems, but again, you know, it goes to surrounding yourself with uh, smart people. We had our guy, Greg Cosell, watch his film, and he did mm-hmm. note that he incrementally improved in the short to intermediate area. I don't know if you guys expected Cole Beasley to catch as many balls as he did last year from the erratic quarterback. Well, he, he was pretty good. Um, what do he yep. score, like six touchdowns down the stretch? That's, I mean, an important, that's an important point because Steph Diggs does a lot of work running after the catch, so I feel okay about Allen getting the ball to Steph Diggs.
1: Yeah, I mean, I think we've we've gone twenty-five minutes here, and we gotta get to some fantasy content here because we could some be of here the all
2: day. Horrific players. Yes. Yeah. Goo, okay.
1: goo, guru. Here's the thing, okay? Graham Barfield minutes ago, he, he channeled he channeled us here, uh, just tweeted, everyone is searching for the next Tyreek Hill, and the answer is staring you right in the face. It's Hollywood Brown. You are big on Hollywood Brown this year, oh, but yeah. Give give the listeners, give everybody out there I mean, obviously we know why, but I mean, why does the guru in fantasy points put their staple on Hollywood Brown this year?
0: Well, obviously you watched him play with with Kyler Murray. I mean, the guy is just faster and more dynamic than most people trying to cover him. I mean, it's pretty clear he's an absolute baller. Um, out of 75 qualifying wide receivers last year, he ranked first in passer rating when targeted as a rookie 11th in fantasy points per route run as a rookie dealing with his foot problem and all that. And and certainly it's a, we know it's a low volume offense, but it's not like they're loaded really at receiver. Um, you know, Miles Boykin, you know, it'll be uh, Willie Snead until DuVernay is ready. So he should get – there were moments where he was getting, you know, solid volume, but they want to expand the passing attack. He can run. He can fly, obviously. I mean, he's like Deshaun Jackson, creating separation. Um, Lamar throws a, you know, pretty solid deep ball. like to see a little bit more outside the numbers. But, look, he's just a classic, high-pedigree guy. I loved him coming out. I had him as my number one wide receiver – uh, you know, pre-draft, post-draft, all that. Um, you know, I'm a big pedigree guy, you know, too. Yeah. So, you know, everyone talks about Preston Williams. I'm like, okay, fine. But I'm just not on Preston Williams because, you know, he does have some off-the-field issue. He's just not – he's just – you got to have that certain je ne sais quoi. You know, I just need – I need a baller. You know, that's what Gurific is all about in a lot of ways.
1: Well, you talk about low, low volume passing offense, you know, both guys, I mean, the Seahawks are quintessential staples of low passing offense and you're drafting both DK Metcalf and Tyler Lockett ahead of Hollywood Brown. So is it, are we so high on Hollywood Brown because of just his pure ADP? I mean, he's cheap. He's really cheap. Right. And right. Yeah. and why not? You know, why not? Go ahead, Shane. Sorry. I'm livid about the Hollywood Brown thing, yeah. as you can tell.
2: I'm well, livid. I mean, so yeah. Hollywood, he's going to 28th overall as a wide receiver. Sorry, 73rd overall. And yeah. I mean, you were saying that you're you'd be comfortable drafting him as high as the fifth round. Now, I've I've I have i have i have been literally doing best balls in different platforms since back in February. I'm a bit of a DJ when it comes to that, but yeah. I love doing it because you get to see where the ADP shift and whatnot. Oh, and, they do shift a lot. How about Hayden yeah. Hurst's ADP? I mean, it's up like oh 75
0: God. spots the last four months.
2: You know which which one's absolutely skyrocketed? And we got to talk about this boy, but Clyde Edwards E. Lair. Oh, where are you comfortable right now? He's at about seven is his ADP. Yeah.
0: Uh, by the way, um, I did an article this week at Fantasy Points where I projected next year's top 150.
2: That's cool. I like that. Yeah. So
0: you like to draft off of next year's cheat sheet. And granted, Mm -hmm. I could be wrong about every single player, but I'm using a lot logics and logic and, uh, you know, good information. So Hollywood Brown, uh, 63 next year. I haven't been 30. Right. So you want to draft Mm -hmm. a guy in the sixth round who's probably going to be a third rounder next year. Um, so, and then the other question, who was, Oh, I already lost it. Who? who Oh yeah. Of course. Um, yeah, I got him in a couple of best balls in the eighth round pre-draft. That's that's cheating.
2: That's uh, stinking. Oh man, I was not, <laughs> admittedly, I was not a big CEH guy. Really? Pre-draft. Yeah, I just you know, he there were guys like Jonathan Taylor, he just totally enamored me. I was a big Cam Akers guy coming out in J.K. Dobbins. Right. And then obviously like DeAndre Swift, I think that you know he's a special player. So it wasn't so much that I didn't like Clyde Edwards Elayer, I just didn't like him as much as these other guys, right? Yeah. And then yeah. you know he falls in pretty much the nuts opportunity with with the oh. uh with the chiefs and then it's, it's absurd it's wheeled absurd. up right so yeah. good our well, we friends, friends. I, like kevin falk, I didn't even realize sorry kevin falk was one of my favorite patriots players of all time i didn't even realize he was the rb coach at lsu oh yeah one oh, of the yeah. Guys, uh, yeah which is kind of yep. cool because one of the guys he reminded me of just like that shiftiness, was actually falk and i'm like of course, it makes sense now. He was his freaking RB coach. Yep, no doubt about I get it. it huh?
0: I, I work with Brian Westbrook for a full year on on television. Mm. So I know I know B. West very, very well. And uh hell, I I I haven't talked to him about this because I think I talked to him a couple times. I didn't want to bring it up, but Andy Reid saying that Edwards Zalaire is better than mm-hmm. Westbrook. I'm like, that's high praise. But you know, I mentioned <laughs> earlier that I, I happen to watch a lot of LSU. And mm-hmm. uh, right. he was running all kinds of routes for Joe Burrow. He led all running backs in the class with, uh, what was it, 50, 58 grabs, 53 grabs.
2: Catches the or so, Something like
0: that. Yeah. And, yeah. you know, playing in high profile games and all that, he was great. And, and it's not just the receiving, by the way. You know, he's he's short, mm-hmm. but he's not small Stout. like Westbrook. Yeah. So, I mean, mm-hmm. just an unbelievable, beautiful situation.
1: So let's stay on uh, CEH here for a second. So guru uh, we helped roster watch last year, do a Sunday morning, start shit, start sit show uh, (laughs) with them and for them, because we know that that's a lot. There's a lot there flying questions in, but they basically tweeted out that where's the line that you draw with CEH? And I listened to your show this morning. It seems like Alvin Kamara is where the line draws at CEH. There's no way you're drafting him over Kamara.
0: No, no. In fact, as much as i love him i mean let's not try to be a hero here let's he mm. is a rookie and, and i know that you know every time damian williams got 60% of the snaps he, he the last two years he averaged 25 points a game which is a huge number and edwards alaire should get 60% of the snaps i oh look i guess i'm down on him i only have him at 10 guys overall. only yeah. only at 10 oh, you know <laughs> i'll take miles sanders over him I personally would actually – this is actually not me. This is the website. So Mm -hmm. it's a lot of it is me. I would probably take him uh, over Henry. The the one that – boy, the Mixon, Joe Mixon drives me insane Uh, you know because he's so damn good. He's got such a great role, but their O-line has been crap. Now they get Jonah Williams back. Of course, Burrow will help. That's a tougher call. Uh, I'll take Miles Sanders over him as well. So if I had the eighth pick – and it went McCaffrey, Barkley, Elliot, Camara, Cook, Thomas, Henry. Mm-hmm. I'm going, I'm going, oh, Miles Sanders, then I'm going Edwards Alaire, most likely. Okay,
1: but what if you're faced with okay, that that Michael Thomas pick? I mean, a lot. So zero RB, you would almost be running for that strategy or you, and this is what I want to talk about zero RB. I think it's crazy this year. It's crazy. Um, but you would have to say that you would be either hunting for an RB to fall back to you. Um, but I doubt that there'd be anybody that will. So let's say that you're faced with a Michael Thomas decision, even if it's staring at you right in the face. Uh, I, I still feel like you would, Henry, Miles Sanders, CEH. I'm still pushing him down the board. What do you think about that?
0: Yeah, I'm not taking Michael Thomas in, in at five. Let's let's take a look at where his ADP is. The the first thing I do when I have a draft spot is okay, okay, I'm at five. Let's yeah. take a look at ADP and try and get a feel, maybe understand my competition. What position player is going to be the best option on the board for me in round two? Well, mm-hmm. if we if we go off a very current ADP here in our early August, let's say you know August 10th through the 18th, let's say, the fifth pick of round two, uh, the best players are Mahomes, Kelsey, Lamar, Godwin. Mm-hmm. You know, and then you go down to Melvin Gordon, but that's in round three. That right. that 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 alone says, guess what? I ain't taking Michael Thomas because I'll take yeah. the back. And then if I don't like the running backs in round two, which I probably won't because I just mentioned the best players. Oh, I'll just take Chris Godwin. Right. That's, that's, that's how I yeah. roll.
1: It's easy. It's easy. Guru, uh, yeah. Guru you, we said 40 minutes here. I mean, can we stretch the time a little bit or oh, I'm yeah, going to, sure, I'm sure. going to race through these a couple of them here, Shane, go yeah, ahead gonna... with, uh, or actually, no, it's me right here. So you another guy yeah. that you're, you're on fire about that honestly has the industry divided on is Deontay Johnson. Okay. Yeah. Um. A lot of people think he's a little bit too high. Um, yeah. But you you have gone out on a limb and said, you know, really, you love him there. Okay, I want to say his ADP is what um, 86 overall somewhere around there. It's going up. It's going yeah. up. But yeah. w- well, give me a little bit. Of- Go ahead.
0: We're causing it to go up. I yeah, think, right. That's yeah. what
1: I'm saying. Just, <laughs> it's I'm our, like, fault. it's
0: so, our fault.
1: But give me the same thing. I mean, you you talked about Marquise Brown, but why Deontay Johnson, especially when you get back Juju and Ben is admittedly, you know, he might, you know,
2: it is. I mean, well, they say Ben is going to be, a, like, his arm is going to be stronger than it's ever. It's been in a long time just because yeah. he had the surgery. So, But he also adjusted his motion. I actually got some
0: video. Uh, sent to me. Um, And this is again, where you you're around Mm -hmm. forever, you cultivate relationships. Um, I obviously can't dime out where I got it. But um, I'm gonna I'm gonna have some people study that. But you know, I wrote in this article, by the way, um, my first draft pick ever, this is going to make me seem real old, but I don't give a rat's ass was Walter Payton. Oh, yes, Awful, awful pick. (laughs) I had no idea what the hell I was doing. I was introduced to the concept of fantasy one hour before the draft. Okay. This is 1987. Now, year before, year before, I mean, he had 370 touches. I mean, he was fine, but he fell off a cliff. Sure. Literally, literally from that point forward, I've been all about like, yeah, screw this. No, I'm not, I'm not drafting old guys like ever again. Uh, Two years later, I used the 10th pick of the draft on Barry Sanders and people like, what? Because back then you (laughs) didn't take rookies until like the fourth round. So I've been addicted to finding mm-hmm. sleepers and ascending superstars. Mm-hmm. Like I, I just love it, you know? So I'm always all about that. At the end of the day, Deontay Johnson was open on 84% of his targets last year. Second best behind only Michael Thomas. And he's dealing with duck Hodges and Mason Rudolph and still led all rookies and receptions. Our great Cosell broke down the film and, agreed with the assessment that he separates from NFL defenders. And we didn't see a ton of it because, you know, it was Duck Hodges and Mason Rudolph. But Mm -hmm. the kid on tape did some great things. And then last but not least, uh, we just had, if you heard it, uh, Ed Bouchette, who's covered – he's in the Hall of Fame uh, for being an NFL beat writer, reporter. He's a little bit of a curmudgeon type of a guy. You know, he's an older guy. So I pumped up Deontay. And said everything I just said. I'm like, Ed, am I overselling this kid? He's like, Yeah, I don't think you are. So I'm like, Yeah, boom. I mean, that's all I need to know. I mean, will I oversell players? Absolutely. Um, you know, I'd say stories all the time. There's a tight end I pumped up one year and he, you know, he kind of let me down. People hated me. His name, Travis Kelsey. Right. <laughs> so I, I'd rather be, you know, a year too early than a year too late.
1: Well, yeah, you yeah, know, I Deontay Johnson. Go, go ahead. Sorry, Zach Ertz.
0: Go I was ahead.
2: gonna say. I remember drafting Zach Ertz. That's the problem with the tight ends. You always draft them a year too early. Yeah, yeah. Maybe OJ Howard this year. A lot so of young. Uh, him last year, and he's like I off think so many young ones out there yeah. this year
0: that uh, it's actually I'm still yeah. kind of struggling. Uh, just, just how do you, how do you arrange those guys in in your brain? You know, because there's like 14 potential breakout guys. So the first thing I do is I I look at okay volume and opportunity. And guys like John Smith and Blake Jarwin, who I do like, I don't know how you can mm-hmm. give them many catches. So uh, then I go back to guys like, uh, obviously, Hayden Hurst. Uh,
2: they'll need him. Gusecki like uh, is throwing the ball to himself.
0: Yeah, Gaseki is yeah. – boy, he's a tough one for me because he flashes mm-hmm. and he did get a lot of volume and maybe he's a big slot for them. He's just still a little shaky. I don't think he's a complete player. Um I'm kind of like medium on him. I'm I'm not down on him, but I'm not I'm not mm-hmm. like pumping him up.
1: You got to see it for an extended period of time. Let's go uh, back to RB here. Nick Chubb causing a lot of fantasy owners some grief. You know, I felt and I still feel that he 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 you you draft. He's a little high. I, I feel like he's a little high with the Kareem Hunt. Yeah. Um. Right. Just barking at his tail. But I mean, do you love Kareem Hunt more? At his ADP because he's cheaper, or do you think that Nick Chubb, with the concussion news, is sliding back to where you're a lot more comfortable drafting him?
0: Yeah, I have him uh, like 17 overall right now, and uh, I'd like to have him higher, but you know, in non PPR, it is actually higher, way higher. Let's see, I've got the list right in front of me. Um, so in PPR, actually 19 in PPR, 10 in non PPR. I'm giving him you know, 275 carries. That said, they do love Hunt. You know, mm-hmm. Kaplan is, is pretty tight with Stefanski, and they do love Hunt. You know, he's a good kid outside of the three the or issue. four. You know, he, he's a good kid with issues. You know, I've yeah. said on the show many times, like, yeah, I think he tricked me because uh, I, I spent two minutes with him, three minutes with him. is was a very little amount of time. But I'm like, oh, what a nice kid, you know, soft-spoken and all that. I'm like, then he does what he, you know. But – I I do think um, they right now believe that he's on the straight and narrow. He is in his home state, which is good and bad. Right. Uh, I think to answer the question, I think we must go Kareem Hunt in the fifth over Chubb in the second. As we know, last year in eight games, Kareem Hunt outproduced Nick Chubb in six of those eight in PPR.
1: Yeah. And that's that's basically where I'm sitting at is it's not so much that I don't want to love Chubb. Like, I, I do, but it just yeah, it's seems great. that it's, it's, too, it's too good to be true unless he pulls the Chris Carson out of him, where he performs enough to where you just can't take the ball out of his hands, no matter yeah. what you want to yeah. do. Yeah. Um, let's stay with the RBs. It seems um, Josh Jacobs, uh, does he deserve to be drafted higher? He's going to catch 60 balls this year. That's what he wants. Um, but if you add 60 balls to – what his standard production is and what they want to do with him. Does he not deserve to be a first round pick?
0: Yeah, I think, I think he does. Now let's um, let's follow on all the health reports with him because that shoulder injury last year was a concern. I think it precluded them from opening things up for him in the passing game. He is a very good receiver. And you know, the last year at Alabama, he actually caught two fewer balls than Damian Harris but I kind of view Jacobs as their pass catching spe- specialist. I believe he averaged uh, over ten yards a, a catch. I, I loved how he finished too on, you mm-hmm. know, wheel routes and dump offs and, and all that. He ran like like a running back. But you know, at the combine this year, I've, I say this story all the time because people just they just can't seem to, I guess, soak it in. But and and certainly you know, GMs and coaches. Um, mislead us a little bit uh, whether they want to or not or meaning to, but I was three feet away from Mike Mayock and I studied him. He was dead serious where he said mm-hmm. last year was phase one mm-hmm. running the rock, our foundation back this year's phase two. It's all about expanding it out in the passing game. Now they go ahead and they draft Lynn Bowden. They resign Jalen Rashard, uh, but that's got to bode well for Jacob. So mm-hmm. I'm not going 60. But I will go forty, which puts him right there at at like twelve overall for me.
1: With upside, with upside, yeah,
0: love it. sure. And and if that wide receiving core
1: can really, you know, they they drafted him to play. If they can air the ball out, then it should open up the defense and give them a little bit more. And yeah. so the upside's there definitely. Um, Top after 5-0 this, line too. That's what I'm saying. Mm-hmm. And and you know, Gruden wants to wants to go nuts. I mean that's what ideally that's what he wants to do. He wants to be a fast-paced just let me throw it all over the field, let me run it all over your faces and be that coach, you know, he loves to be talked about. Um after this next cl- uh, question about slot, uh, we're going to mm-hmm. rapid fire you. So be ready for that. Okay, we're go gonna
2: ahead. Go. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So Guru, we just you, you love slot, we know that, yeah. so I had to throw this question in there. Okay, similar guys with similar ADPs, who you taken? Tyler Boyd, 74 overall. Jarvis Landry, 79 overall. Or Julian Edelman, 89 overall. Yeah. You got? It's
0: not It's not Edelman. Um,
2: yeah. That, that's
0: number one, um, even though Cam, you know, he'll probably get him the ball decently. But um, it'll be Landry or Boyd. I used to love Landry. First four mm. years, I pumped him up. Last two, I've undersold him. So I feel like I owe Jarvis a little bit there. But, you know, he is reliable as hell. And Baker yep. clearly trusts him. That's I think I'm going to give the slight edge to Jarvis over over Tyler Boyd. Now it certainly helps Tyler Boyd's case, and I liked him last year quite a bit. Not as much this year, but I, I'm fine with him. And it does help that John Ross has been away. AJ Green, mm-hmm. little little bumps and bruises here with the with the hammy, oh, and, really? then, um, and then and then it was uh, there was something else going on there. I, I thought. Um, well, Jarvis. I, oh, oh. T. Higgins is
2: out. Right. Oh, he with the hamstring. My goodness. I yeah, know. yeah. We were like, we were a little bit low. At least I was on Jarvis just in general because he had that hip issue. But we actually had Dr. Jesse Morris on the show a little while back. And we asked him about it and he was saying that it's more of a genetic thing. And if he was good to go in camp, then you shouldn't be worried about it. So I'm moving him right back up on my draft board because it looks yeah. like he's doing well in camp. So we're yeah. good to go there. He's a tough dude. Uh, he is a tough dude. He's a baller, man. He really is. Okay. I'm going to... We'll, we'll skip the rookie discussion for now um, just because we're, we're kind of running low on time. Love, but Jonathan, I Taylor,
0: though, love Jonathan Taylor and Cam oh, Akers. Uh, yeah. I love them. I mean, there's always a buying opportunity with these rookie running backs because people are skeptical. And if you have the balls to take Taylor in round three or Akers mm-hmm. in round five, it could pay off huge. I feel like I the balls
1: are taking him in the second round. The balls are taking him late <laughs> second round, Jonathan Taylor. That's that's the nuts.
0: Yep yeah you know? yeah yeah but the adp see people are worried because if you're talking ppr they're worried about mm-hmm. the lack of catches so the adp has actually been hovering in that third round range but i hear you
2: okay really quick justin jefferson he's kind of your boy because you're a vikings fan right how did that, yeah, unfortunately, that? unfortunately yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> would you would you are you comfortable taking a guy like justin jefferson as like the 10th or 11th round
0: uh, I don't like him compared to some of the other uh, exciting rookies. Uh, Rugs, I'm, I'm in on Rugs. Um, Jalen Rager, and of course, uh, Michael Pittman's been my guy. Rager and Pittman were my guys pre draft. Rugs with the Raiders. Uh, it's not a lot, but I mean, the ghost of Val Davis will ensure. Sure, that man gets targeted. And you know, everybody wants the next Tyreek Hill. Um, and I think that's what they want him to be. And I think Carr can get him the ball. So I'm not that into Jefferson. Good football player, though. I did Mm -hmm. actually talk today with a with a beat reporter um who said that you know he is going to be in the slot a a good amount. So Thielen is gonna have to line up outside, which and I've loved Thielen all offseason. It gives me a little bit of pause, but I still think he'll get the volume. Um I mean, Jefferson should be fine doing well in camp, catching the ball. He's just a little behind the eight ball. And if he's in the slot, I feel good about him. I do have some questions. Can he win against press man coverage on the outside?
1: What about Ayuk? Ayuk, You know, it's like, we still don't hear about him yet. Is he not going to be wide receiver one in San Fran?
0: Yeah, I think that's a little bit of a tall order, but, um, I think that offense is tough to learn. You know, it's funny. I kind of, pulled shanahan aside last year and i love debo last year i mean i love, love debo. debo i don't know if a lot of people were talking up debo like i was but i i really was into him and you know i feel like I got a little lucky is kind of what i'm getting at here because a lot of it was manufactured touches and and the runs and all that so i saw shanahan i'm like coach correct me if i'm wrong but it feels like you you work debo into like only like 30 of your passing game last year And he's like yeah that's not that Far off, actually, because you know it's a very complicated offense, rookies and all that. So I think it's gonna to be tough for IU. That said, they can continue to manufacture touches with him, and he's going so damn cheap, uh, so affordably. At that point, I'm always like, Oh, what's that? Number one pick, really talented, best run after the catch receiver in the draft. Yeah, good for the offense. He's available at 120 overall, great p- designer and play caller and Shanahan. Shit, I'll take him.
2: Check, please. Yeah, check, please. Go ahead, Shane. Okay, we, we just have a few more questions. Guru, then we'll get you out of here. We really appreciate your time. I'd be remiss if I didn't at least talk about – I you call it the, the 14 or 16 teamers. This is guys mm-hmm. with ADPs over 150. I call it the skank squad. I stole that from you. Yeah. I use that in my regular fantasy football vocabulary, so thank you for that. Yeah, I love but, skank. <laughs> so you got the jeweler. Steven Sims at 240-40 <laughs> or, or overall or a guy Russell Gage who's looking to be the wide receiver three in that offense. Yeah. Who, who you take in? Am I crazy? Or, am I crazy or does that sound like a jeweler? Where'd you get that that it's, watch? It does.
0: Oh, Steve Steven Sims. Okay, <laughs> never mind. Uh, just checking. Uh you know, it's gonna kind of once in a while I'll make sure I'm not insane because you know, I'll say yeah. stuff on the radio. No, it does. Where,
2: and that's what's yeah. funny. That's what makes it funny. It's like, well, it yeah. is, you're right. Yeah.
0: Yeah, exactly. Um, yeah, I'm going Sims there. Um yeah, gauge, cool. You know, Gage Gage was good. What, what did he average? Like, uh, they went in like nine yards a catch last year. I mean, he can run a little bit. They, good route runner. Um, I, I do like him, but, I mean, I, Steve Sims. He was he's, balling last year. I mean, he should catch 70 balls. I
2: mean, they yeah. desperately need him. You know? He finally passed Trey Quinn on the depth chart. There was no, like, you know, just – you always worried about this new coaching staff, it's like you know they get the guys got to earn their spot, but you know Sims yeah. he's going to start which which is good. Trey Quinn's not good. I mean, right. I I mean he's relevant. had
1: opportunities. He he's yeah. had opportunities, but that's my issue with Gage is it seems like there's been opportunity to really to really show out, you know, where it maybe his athleticism or his ability or whatever has, you know, it just hasn't ever matched. He's a good opportunity to have on a team, but even when Julio went down, it's not like he lit your hair on fire. You know, he was yeah. there, he was serviceable, you know, but he, yeah, that's how I feel. But guru, the final questions for me um, are on the new phase of fantasy football. Okay. Um, I don't play in one quarterback leagues anymore. I just don't do it. Right, um, right, but I mean, right. d- how do you feel about that? I mean, Superflex is becoming such a broadband thing, but I mean, geez, whenever I get asked to do a one quarterback league, I'm just like, why there's more yeah. than one court. Qu- I mean, there's, there's more than 24 quarterbacks weekly that can yep. play and, and be serviceable. So right. when are we going to get rid of it?
0: Yeah, I agree. It's, it's kind of like playing in an eight team league where everyone's team is loaded, like an all-star team. It's like, uh, what am I doing here? Like, um, can yeah. I be rewarded a little bit for, you know, making good picks? Even I, this is all I do when I'm looking at the quarterbacks. I'm like, geez, there's just so many of them. Uh, you know, I hard for me to differentiate, you know, Drew Brees at, you know, 115 overall versus, oh, I don't know, you know, Matt Stafford, you know, mm. right around the same spot. So yeah, I agree. I I think um I think the ideal scenario would be two quarterback league and every rushing I think we should just add the rushing production to the passing. I don't think you should get yeah. the the yardage bonus for scale the rushing. Back. Scale, scale it back. It, it's just yeah. too it's too much where, you know, it's all the running guys a little bit. So that was number 1. Um Two quarterback, rushing yardage is just tacked onto the passing yardage. You want it five, a six points for a rushing touchdown, of course. You know whether it remains four for the passing, which really mm-hmm. tends to help the the guys who throw for a lot, like like Breeze. You know over the years, mm-hmm. um, but I think you're still getting going to get love if if you have, uh, you know Lamar. Um, if he runs seven in, you're still going to be uh, good to go there. And then I think it um, maybe at running back maybe end wide receiver, maybe we pull it back to like half a point PPR. I mean, I I was a huge PPR guy from the beginning. I mean, I the table for it, but it seems to be a bit much, you know? So mm-hmm. those are just some ideas. I'm not a big fan of the tight end premium. You're not. Uh, nah, I don't know. I mean, because you, there
1: really isn't 24 playable tight ends, So you can't. Yeah.
0: Yeah. I hear I you. Well, maybe this year yet. there might be actually,
2: yeah, it's going to be crazy. We actually, uh, we did our. I did my first two tight end league last year, and it was interesting. It, it's definitely a different dynamic, but wow, two um, tight end league. It was crazy. It was only a ten team league. It was a smaller league, yeah, so it's a little I'm okay bit more with palatable. That but yeah, it was it was different. It was fun, you know. Sometimes, like I'm trying to join an IDP league for the first time this year. I played right. one way back in like 2008, but it's been forever. So right. I just like to mix it up. We have, yeah. we have a show usually every year, and we just kind of talk about different formats and whatnot. But the thing about KG the Arn- –
0: the thing about the tight end real quick is um if you're sure. gonna dig that deep, by far the easiest position to predict uh based on the stats and the data, uh so the by far the easiest, I believe, to stream. I mean, maybe quarterbacks probably easier, but uh yeah. the tight end, tight you know, end. there there's always two or three matchups that are just money in the bank, you know, paying for like my kids' college education yeah. by recommending, yeah. you know, players
2: against them. So it's just a matter of like streaming tight end, that sort of thing is what you recommend. Yeah. Yeah.
0: But yeah, maybe that's I cool. should warm up to the tight end love, like tight end
2: premium, but that two tight end was pretty, that's nasty. That's pretty hardcore. It was, it was definitely interesting. Actually, it's funny. I'm my home league. It's an auction league. So we all get together, you know, we're a little older now, so it's, we all have kids. So it's hard to get together, but once a year, we'd always get together. We'd do our live draft. And I finally convinced them this year to, to switch to a super flex. So all that's right. great. But so John, Thank you so much for your time. People can follow you on Twitter, of course, at fantasy underscore guru. They can find you on SiriusXM Monday to Friday from seven to ten Eastern. I listen to you every morning. Honestly, I mean, it's you. I appreciate you coming on. You're you're one of the reasons we do this. I mean, I, I think that we can thank you for the fantasy sports channel on Sirius, if I'm not mistaken, because you had a show on NFL yeah, Network I mean, the, 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 and the, the, you know, yeah. Yeah, the, the channel was launched
0: on the strength, I think, of me and, and Adam Kaplan's uh, mm-hmm. Friday night and then a Tuesday night show that blew up. And uh, yeah, yeah, really appreciate it, guys. And uh, yeah, good luck this year. And, uh, you know, you keep so grinding away. And uh, I'm, uh, you know, good example. Um, I've been doing this 26 years, still still grinding away.
2: You know, just be patient. I really appreciate it So For John Hansen, The guru For Flex Matt We are the Flex Network
0: This is the Flex Network <laughs> This is the Flex Network Flex on them Flex on everybody this right here is the Flex Network. Yeah.
1: Flex on